Hello everybody, Mark Carlson here, SNEA Technical Council Co-Chair. Welcome to the SDC Podcast. Every week, the SDC Podcast presents important technical topics to the storage developer community. Each episode is hand-selected by the SNEA Technical Council from the presentations at our annual Storage Developer Conference. The link to the slides is available in the show notes at snea.org slash podcasts. You are listening to SDC Podcast, Episode 166. Hello, I'm Mohan Kumar, and I'm a fellow at Intel Corporation, and I lead the cloud architecture team at Intel in the data center group. And my co-presenter, Reddy Chagam, is the lead cloud storage architect. And together, we are going to talk about the future of storage platform architecture in this talk. A decade back, when PCIe and SSDs came along, it changed the face of storage architecture. We're at a similar inflection point right now with CXL. And we want to show in this presentation, we want to take you through what are the possible ways the storage platform could change in the future uh, with the with the help of CXL. So we want to give you a quick overview of what CXL is and what the various types of CXL and the memory and storage uses are, and then get into some of the future future storage architecture concepts in, in this talk. Uh, first of all, CXL is Computer Express Link. CXL stands for Computer Express Link. It's built on top of PCIe physical layer, and it's an alternate protocol that allows you to transport memory and cache traffic on top of the same link that it, that used to carry just PCIe. In order to do that, you needed to change both the processor architecture and the device architecture. Processor memory used to be something that was directly available from the integrated memory controllers in the processor. Now with CXL, the memory could be from the integrated memory controllers with those DDR channels, or it could be memory behind the CXL from a CXL-based device. And that memory could be a dedicated memory device or a device that's an accelerator with also memory present in it. And similarly, the what used to be a traditional IO device with a DMA and interrupt semantics changes into a device that potentially is capable of supporting coherency traffic as well as memory traffic in terms of cache line accesses. And because it's built on PCIe, it benefits from the same high bandwidth uh, of the PCIe. And PCIe was designed primarily, the transport layer of PCIe was primarily designed to transport IO device traffic. So it was more block oriented in terms of its latency characteristics. With CXL, because you have to carry coherency traffic and memory traffic, it's it's a low latency fabric designed to transport uh, cache lines of traffic. There are three, broadly three classifications of CXL, type one, which is an accelerator with, with a caching device. So you're allowed to, you're allowed to cache the, the lines that you access from the system memory. An accelerator, which also has got memory in it. Now you have both IO cache and memory semantics, but the, the total memory that's present in the system is the memory that's attached to the, the host CPU as well as on the accelerator. 
or or it could be a type 3 which is a dedicated memory buffer it's acts as an expansion device by adding more memory to the system through cxl and this allows you to have more memory bandwidth uh, your your service memory bandwidth is no longer limited by a number of ddr channels but you can add additional memory bandwidth by adding additional memory buffers over cxl you could also add more memory capacity by doing the same by adding more memory buffers and so your total memory capacity is no longer limited by this total memory that's attached to your cpu directly on the ddr channels uh, more importantly for the purpose of this talk uh, the models that are shown here in this picture are primarily one to one there is one host and one memory buffer one host and one io device one host and one accelerator but it needn't be so just like pci has got switches uh, you can conceive of a cxl switch that allows you to have a one to many where one memory buffer is potentially connected to multiple system hosts and this type of disaggregation from the system allows us to build some interesting storage topologies in the future so first one we're going to talk about a few of those topologies first one is higher availability architecture for scale out storage that leverages the benefit uh, the benefits of cxl similarly uh, if you're going to build a software defined storage and you want to speed up the performance one option is to take metadata and speed up the metadata accesses and want to show using cxl how you can solve that problem easier than you could in a host based environment and we'll also talk about how memory storage converged device can unlock the potential for for storage platform architecture of the future and finally we will show how cxl accelerators can provide offload for storage in the future a storage this picture shows a storage architecture for software defined storage in a in this type of an architecture the storage is rep replicated across a number of storage servers each storage server here uh, essentially is storing its uh, data and metadata in in a ssd format uh, in this case it's a shared nothing architecture so any node failure any one of the storage servers or storage nodes failing would cause a trigger cluster wide rebuild and rebalancing and that could take several hours to complete because you need to pull the data from the peer storage nodes and and also of course you have to rebuild the metadata those those are today's problems let's see how it changes in the world of cxl with on the right hand side with the cxl based mechanism the storage node reduces to uh, the cpu and uh, and the local memory but there is both memory and uh, there is both storage and uh, memory present behind this, these switches and these switches allow you to essentially be mapped into two different servers or any n different servers for that matter so a failure domain of your data is not the failure domain of the server the server could fail for example the storage server 1 shown here could fail without essentially putting out access to the data that's associated with it currently the data associated with it may be in the ssds in the switch beneath it and the metadata may be in the cxl memory beneath it 
but the storage node failure does not mean that data is no longer available. Storage node failure still allows you access to the data through another storage node that can you know, swap its links and access these SSDs and access these metadata through, through the CXL link. This allows, this means the host failure does not trigger cluster vulnerabilities anymore. This also means metadata is stored, stored in CXL memory. So it's, which is for, for the purpose of this discussion, you can think of it as a storage class memory, which helps reduce the rebuild time because you're not completely rebuilding the metadata as well. Second, since we talked about metadata, so in the previous, previous concept, let's look at an option where you, you have a storage server where you have the persistent data that's stored in an NVMe SSD and the metadata that's stored in a DDR-based memory. If you do this, in order for you to protect against the system failure, you need to make sure that the, the, the data metadata that's stored is persistent. And the way to do that is to essentially make the entire system, the entire server domain uh, in what's called a full system persistence. So your metadata is not lost on a server failure. But achieving this type of a full system persistence is a platform and CPU dependent problem because there are various things. The CPUs have caches, right? So when, when there is a power failure, uh, the caches have to be flushed. Internal fabric of the CPU has to be flushed. And all of this needs to happen in time before in time, in a way, in a manner that none of the data that's stored in those caches and in the internal fabric is lost. Um, you could go to a storage class memory, but if you go to a storage class memory, you got to change the software semantics. You got to change your software uh, because you need to essentially explicitly cost durability points uh, to make sure that the data has achieved that durability. And of course, you can always go back to uh, NVMe SSDs for your metadata, but that's, as we know, is going to be slow. So what's the, what's the alternative? The alternative is our problem is not that, uh, our problem is the fact that the full persistent persistent domain is too big. And is there a way for us to reduce the full system persistence domain? And here's, here's another, here's a concept where we're using CXL and the metadata is stored in the CXL, the memory behind the CXL memory buffer. And, and therefore, when there is a failure, when there is a power failure of this of the host node, you really don't have to worry about power protecting the entire, entire system. All you gotta do is to power protect the CXL memory buffer. So your persistence in memory domain is much reduced. And this allows for much faster metadata operations because you know now you're operating at the latency of DDR memory, which is much faster. And also when you have to achieve this persistency, you have no dependence on a server platform or a CPU, right? You don't have to worry about the caches, any of those things. As long as the data has reached the CX, CXL's memory buffer and you have accepted that data, right? You have to preserve that data. That's all the problem that you need to solve that allows you to create a much simpler architecture. Now here to take you through the sequence of steps that happen in this persistence model and to describe a few other models in this space is my colleague, 
ready chunk of Thanks, Mohan, for the nice intro. Um, let's take a look at how CXL memory buffer uh, persistence can be uh, used to speed up the metadata operations in the software-defined storage. Um, now, why metadata operations? Um, metadata operations uh, tend to be fairly uh, expensive, uh, specifically the right metadata operations in the software-defined storage, uh, primarily because um, it, these metadata operations tend to be fairly small in nature, like 64 bytes to 128 bytes. Um, and in order to protect that, um, you have content written in DRAM, and then you are essentially uh, logging all the changes in the transaction log that is stored in the NVMe device. Um, especially when you have the commit operations, they need to be persisted in the NVMe device. Um, which uses the block IO operation that is fairly expensive uh, from a latency perspective. Um, that in turn results in you know, the throughput reduction for client write IO operations. Um, so that's one of the reasons why we think uh, having the metadata acceleration using the CXL memory buffer um, significantly improve, improves the cluster-wide throughput. So let's take a look at how the metadata operations actually play a very critical role uh, for the storage IO operations. Um, in this example, we are talking about um, you know this right IO operation that is actually coming from the storage client. Um, now the storage client does not have any insight into uh, you know the exactly which storage node, which NVMe SSD um, you know that this data belongs to. So it basically is operating at uh, um, at a higher level abstraction where you have a virtual volume and you have an offset uh, in that virtual volume. And then you are actually issuing the right operation against that virtual volume. Um, well, the, when the storage client um, in the cluster receives that right IO operation request, um, it has to go figure out exactly how that virtual volume maps to a specific physical device uh, in a pool of NVMe SSDs that the storage server is managing. Um, that's a metadata lookup. Uh, once it actually identifies exact location of the NVMe SSD LBA range, uh, it issues the right operation. Once that right operation is complete, um, it needs to make sure that that LBA range is reserved for this virtual volume. So there is a commit operation that happens uh, to protect the metadata uh, integrity. Um, now, that commit operation, typically if it is an NVMe device, you're essentially going through the transaction log, like I mentioned before, uh, and then you are issuing the block IO. Uh, in this flow, the commit operation basically makes a bit flip um, in the DDR, and then the response comes back uh, to the host storage software. That improves the latency significantly compared to the traditional you know, implementation. Um, once the local IO is committed, then it has to uh, issue the uh, write to the other storage node in the cluster. That itself is another metadata lookup um, by uh, you know, mapping the virtual volume and say, where does it belong for the second copy? And finding that server and issuing that right operation to that server is really the next logical step. Once that is done, uh, once the server acts 
the right IO, the host software on the primary storage server essentially responds back to the client, uh, indicating that the operation is successful. So as you can see in this flow, the metadata operations uh, are the critical ones that actually, um, you know, um, it, you know, prevent the data, actual data reads and writes. Uh, without going through the metadata operations, you won't be able to do the media reads and writes. And that's why uh, metadata operations are fairly critical in nature. And it is important to actually speed up um, that portion of the software defined storage, you know, the bottleneck. So having the battery back to DDR type of persistence uh, in the memory buffer uh, really enables, you know, significantly higher throughput for write operations at a cluster level in the SDS implementation, as opposed to, you know, uh, current implementations out there. Uh, that's really the benefit we are looking for in this architecture. Um, let's take a look at uh, how um, the um, memory and storage architecture um, is actually converging uh, using the CXO uh, implementation. Um, historically, when we look at the uh, storage architecture, we look at you know essentially pool of servers with shared nothing architecture where everything is actually um, part of the storage server itself. Um, that includes the memory, that includes the processing, and that includes the um, you know the uh, the storage, uh, and then everything else is essentially you know um, uh, replicated and protected um, using CXL and the switching uh, capability. Uh, we have to look at the storage architecture you know somewhat differently. Um, so the switching essentially enables us to pull the storage compute. Uh, acceleration type of cap capability uh, and drive the disaggregated architecture for memory and storage. Um, so if you look at the storage implementation, you can have the storage logic in the CXL accelerator behind the switch. Um, anytime it um, that logic wants to actually read and write, um, you know, the storage, um, you know, in and out of SSD, it can actually issue the P2P operation to the you know, PCIe SSD um, attached to the switch. And then the P2P flows are actually, you know, offloaded uh, uh, into the switch as opposed to the host uh, CPU uh, managing the P2P, you know, uh, flows, uh, right? So that significantly uh, offloads the, uh, you know, the host CPU processing capability for real workload execution. Uh, and then, of course, you can also use the CXL memory buffer uh, with the persistence as a way to actually, you know, deliver, um, you know, somewhat uh, improved metadata lookup operations on top of that, like what we talked in the previous slide. So having a CXL type of architecture um, with the switching and disaggregated capability, um, you can actually, re you know, think of storage being not completely shared nothing architecture but rather uh, disaggregated and pool, pooled architecture um, that, uh, you know, significantly, you know, improves the, uh, you know, the, uh, the resource sharing aspect uh, in the data center, um, you know, and then offloads the compute processing capabilities behind the switch for workload execution on the host processor, right? So that's really the benefit uh, 
of what we are looking for in the converged architecture. Now let's click down on this, you know, the device itself. Um, the, historically, what we have been doing is you have NVMe SSD for block I/O workloads. Um, NVMe SSD, uh, you know, the uh, provides the NVMe block I/O semantics. So the software stack has to be, uh, you know, designed to take advantage of the block I/O semantics um, through the kernel drivers as well as the user space implementations uh, to read and write. Um, data in and out of the NVMe SSD um, using the NVMe block IO protocols. Uh, with the CXL memory buffer, um, you essentially have a load store semantics um, that the software can actually you know, take advantage of. Now, so these are two distinct protocols, two distinct uh, you know, uh, devices, and then the software has to change. Uh, and then of course, you know, the, on the platform side, the uh, firmware, device training, um, as well as the reliability, availability, serviceability type of features uh, need to be implemented differently based on whether it is a CXL device or whether it is the NVMe SSD, um, you know, they do change. They are pretty much unique to each one of the device types. So the imagine a situation where you have converged controller um, where uh, the protocol, um, uh, where the Controller provides both NVMe and CXL protocol uh, feature set and uh, exposes the NVM media based on the type of software requirements that you have. Um, so let's say, for example, you have, uh, you want to use the NVMe SSD uh, for inference uh, embedding table lookups. Uh, embedding table lookups are, you know, basically in memory, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, array data structure where you are looking up for embedding vectors uh, as part of the inference in execution flow. Um, but these embedding tables are fairly uh, large. Um, they are fairly, you know, they are, you are looking at like multi gigabyte, you know, type of capacity. Uh, if you were to take NVM media and expose that as the .mem semantics, to the CPU, uh, you can actually take advantage of significant amount of capacity that NVMe media provides uh, as opposed to traditional DDR media. Um, if you don't have this functionality, the software essentially have to connect to the NVMe media through the block IO semantics, pull that media into DDR, uh, host DDR memory, and then you essentially have to do the lookups on top of that. Uh, it has, significant number of disadvantages. One, you need to make the software change. Two, um, you know, it's uh, the performance, you know, is somewhat uh, slower compared to the, you know, um, because you are issuing the block IO and then you are translating that into the uh, load store uh, through the host DRAM, you know, uh, table storage. Uh, instead, if you provide just dot mem semantics to the to the converged controller, you can actually bypass pretty much software changes as well as you can improve the performance. Um, so the workloads that really require capacity uh, and use load store type of semantics can significantly benefit if you were to have the converged controller that can expose the NVM media through the load store semantics using the CXL protocol, right? So that's really what will be the beneficial uh, aspect for the uh, you know set of workloads out there that can benefit from, um, so that's the converged device um, architecture. Um, now, um, the there has been a lot of focus about uh, 
computational storage type of offload capability. Um, SNEA, uh, there has been a lot of work in SNEA uh, on the standards as well. Um, so the current implementations uh, on the computational storage uh, use block IO. Um, so essentially use the block IO in NVA protocol to submit a command, um, acceleration capability inside the NVMe SSD. Um, will execute that command, process that data inside within the SSD itself and return the response back through the NVMe protocol back to the host uh, CPU software stack. Um, and then we have the CXL acceleration capability where you are looking at, uh, you know, dotmem semantics um, and then be able to actually submit the commands to the accelerator using a cache coherent, um, you know, interface. Um, now, what it does is, you know, all of a sudden you have a mechanism to interact with the host uh, CPU uh, cache hierarchy um, and be able to actually seamlessly interrupt between the acceleration capability within the CXL device as well as the host, uh, you know, the uh, software stack uh, running on the host, you know, the CPU. Um, the so the you essentially have two sets of protocols, two sets of um, you know, computational offload implementations and the architecture around it. Um, if you were to look at this as a converged architecture, so, you know, the essentially you don't have to change the software stack and the software stack continues to use the dot mem semantics. Uh, and then you essentially provide the acceleration capability, uh, whether it is computational storage or computational memory, irrespective, you can actually run it through the uh, CXL acceleration capability. And then uh, tap into the NVM media through NVMe controller so you can actually unify this architecture for computational offloads. Um, the benefit again here is that you don't have to worry about, you know, the protocol nuances. You don't have to worry about translation layer with NVMe. Uh, you can actually bury the protocol nuances, uh, avoid software changes and deliver a seamless computational offload capability through the CXL uh, accelerator. Uh, you know, functionality. Uh, that's really the benefit of what the converged architecture will give you. In summary, CXL enables uh, storage and memory architecture uh, innovations. Uh, this includes a converged controller concept uh, that provides both storage and memory semantics uh, to enable, um, you know, workloads that require memory-centric, you know, uh, load store semantics. Um, and then uh, CXL acceleration capability uh, to enable computational storage offload um, implementation as well, um, uh, along with computational memory offload uh, architecture to deliver seamless, you know, acceleration type of interface to the host platform. Uh, and then uh, having a DDR, having DDR persistence within the CXL memory buffer as opposed to depending on uh, the uh, platform-based uh, implementations uh, to speed up the uh, SDS metadata operations, uh, specifically the write operations to improve the uh, cluster-wide write you know, data throughput. Um, and then last but not least, uh, bringing in the high availability architecture uh, from uh, uh, storage app plans, you know, type of implementations out there uh, into scale out architecture using CXL constructs um, to reduce the cluster wide rebuild and recovery times um, and enable the uh, you know 
uh, high availability uh, uh, uptime goals uh, for the data center. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the material presented in this podcast, be sure and join our developers mailing list by sending an email to developers-subscribe at SNEA.org. Here you can ask questions and discuss this topic further with your peers in the Storage Developer Community. For additional information about the Storage Developer Conference, visit www.storagedeveloper.org.